Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So on today's episode, we have Krista Testani from Sharpline Equity. She's just a powerhouse from Long Island, New York. And uh, she's an attorney by trade. And we talked so much with her about the behind the scenes of building a multifamily in apartment building, um, you know, portfolio. A lot of the things that is not, they're not sexy to talk about. Nope. <laughs> At, right? <laughs> so what I really appreciated most about our interview with her is we're going to get into some really critical things to do to move towards building that, you know, um, really the multifamily portfolio. One of the things we talked a lot about was a client experience and what that looks like and how important it is. It's not just getting an investor and, you know, communicating once in a while with them. It's really building an experience. These are your customers. Your investors become your customers as you uh, get into syndicating and, and really building a business upon using other people's money. So yeah. I love that. And I love where we went with, with that idea. Awesome. And she's a New Yorker. So she's like, Type, type of girl, my type of girl, like straight <laughs> shooter. So she also talk about the systems, right? We all, talk, we all talk about systems and process that we need to put in place, but sometimes that gets very big and overwhelming. So she was very kind to give it to us one simple step that we can all do it, no excuse, we can all do it now that will really impact how you run your syndication business and your real estate business in general. So if you're not um, syndicating right now, it's not your business, the tip that she gave us will also assist you in running your business much more effectively than anything else. So enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show. And welcome back to all the ladies for the first time listening to the show. Welcome back to the ladies that are, you know, have been with us since day one. I think we're in the 80s or 90s episodes at this point. And yeah. uh, just super grateful for everyone listening, everyone on this journey with us, because it is a journey. There's ups, there's downs, and there's going in between. And um, I, that's why I'm so excited to have Krista on our show today. Krista, welcome to, to our show. And thank you for being here with us. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to do this. <laughs> yeah, super excited. And you know, there is so many twists and turns and we're going to get into Krista's story and she's a successful investor into some amazing projects, but it's not all roses and sunshine as some of these uh, gurus will tell you, <laughs> you know, buy an apartment building. It's super easy. And you just sit back and collect checks. It, it doesn't work that way. And I, and I, I'm just excited to get into Krista's story in a moment and some of the great things we're going to be asking her and going, going there in a moment here. Uh, before we do though, Andressa, what, what wonderful wisdom do you want to share with our, our amazing ladies listening to today? And what do you have to, and, and, you know, uh, give us today. You know, this. I'm just going to pick back on what you're saying, because as we grow our business, as we try to manage our family and you and I, Liz, are really into growing our investor community with our membership that we're going to launch in 2020. And we right now we have about 18 meetups around the country, one in Canada 
And as we grow, there's a lot going on. And this past week, I was getting a little frustrated, not with Liz, but, but with me in terms of I really want to spend more time investing in, in, in our community. And Liz told me just one step, like one step towards it. And I, I got to come to this conclusion that as we grow, I really wanted to have like double the time that I have right now to really dedicate to grow this community because we're really passionate about it. However, I have other things to, to deal with and to get it done. And that is where it comes the frustration. So for the, the ladies that are listening, you might be facing the same thing in different angles, in different scale. Um, but at some point we have those frustrations. And what I have found is that Mel Robinson, she said on her, one of her latest books that I don't need to really get a lot of things done. I just need to do one or two things that will fulfill my need to progress or growth. So I have found that even if it is one thing, only one thing on my to-do list for the investor community, if I get that done per day, that fulfills my need of growth because I know that I'm, I am working towards my goal. If I don't do it, then it kind of like buckles up. So that's what I want to share with all of you that are listening. Just do one step and have the support around you. Have amazing uh, partners as Liz that's like, hey, no pressure. Take a step yeah. back, deep breath. One, one thing. Yeah. Focus on that one thing and then move forward. Well, I'm glad to help you because you're talking me off the ledge multiple times about the jump. And she's like, oh, no, don't, don't do that. Let's, let's, let's calm down, Liz. So you got to have people around you that you can help and also give you help, which is, you know, the, the, the circle we're in. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, love that. One step at a time. So, so Krista, without further ado, we, we'd love to jump into your story. And what we, we ask all the amazing, amazing women that we are so honored to interview on our show. We asked the same question to kind of kick things off is it, what really propelled you to get involved in real estate investing? Because I think it's different for all of us. So what, what for you kind of pulled you into this uh, investing world? I have, um, I'm going to give the Reader's Digest version, but everybody <laughs> right, has like unique, unique stories. I was not, I was a, always a W-2 employee and attorney by trade and uh, very demanding careers as so was this, by the way, but it's very demanding. But I, I also, I traveled a lot. Um, I had little kids at the time, toddlers. And I didn't really love, you know, after three years of law school and a big fat tuition bill and practicing for a while, um, I didn't love it. But I just, you know, very robotically, just this was the profession I chose. And I continued to work it and, and deal with uh, my dissatisfaction. My uh, boss, who I knew in the industry for 10 years, at 43 has a heart attack and dies. Oh, so it was a very geez. jarring, shocking. He was not only a colleague, but a friend. And it was um, an emotional moment and an aha moment for me because I thought to myself, gee, I'm doing this. I'm spending a lot of time away from home and family. Um, and I don't even like it. I mean, I didn't really, I, I should say, I don't even love it. I should love what I'm doing if I'm gonna spend so many hours. And look what can happen. You can get cut down at any moment. No, no tomorrow is a guarantee oh. for any of us. I quit cold turkey. 
it was, I'll never forget writing out my emails to all my colleagues in the office and said, wow. I'm going home to be with my kids. And I quit mm. cold turkey, spent the next two to three years with a very patient husband um, to try to figure out what is my next step in life. And he is actually the one that had a little uh, inkling or desire or a little something in his gut saying, I want to look into real estate, investing, some type of some, something. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so in 2009, I quit my job in 2007. In 2009, we jumped in uh, with both feet and we started out by flipping single family homes on Long Island, rehabbing them and flipping them. So that was my, it was a very kind of back-ended way into the industry, but uh, that's my story. That is my wow. story. Wow. So when you look back, right? Yes. Your first deal. Because yes. <laughs> I always get that question like, oh, are you a civil engineer? Are you an architect? Or I don't know. I'm not. I hire people that are. I'm not. So when you look back, what, what is the experience that you had, the lessons that you learned that really propel you to be where you are at right now? So it's always even from, and I think this was organically, I just knew enough to do this. Um, and it's something that you should be doing throughout your own, whole business. You have your own skill set. You got to figure out how it applies. Now, I was an attorney by trade. So obviously, that's helping me negotiate the deals, record keeping, uh, you know, uh, all that stuff, numbers, uh, all of that stuff. Where am I deficient? Well, I don't know the first thing about flipping and rehabbing. What did we do? We surrounded ourselves with people that knew how to do that. So we immediately partnered up. My husband was a, uh, he is actually a, a New York City, retired New York City fireman. And so he knew a lot of other firemen that had different skill sets. I don't know if you guys know, but firemen tend to have other careers besides firefighting because usually that entry-level salary you can't support a family unfortunately sure. so who knew electric uh, you know who was an electrician on the side who you know who was a cement guy who was this who was that we surrounded ourselves with people that could bring that skill set to our business because we ourselves didn't have any experience in it. and that's what you should be doing throughout whatever business you're in you are not going to know everything you have to align yourself for with people to fill in those gaps and so that's, yeah. that's what we did from the beginning. And I continue to do so, you know, as I, as I evolve, I'm continuing to navigate my relationships and align myself with people uh, whom I can help and who can help me, obviously. So for, for you, Krista, you pivoted from flipping to syndicating, you know, multifamily properties, right? Correct. So that, that's a pivot, you know, yes. as you say, or, um, you know, there's probably tons of words to say, but that's in essence what, what happened. So help us understand that a little bit, because I think the women listening are, you know, maybe they're, they're doing something in, in the investing world. They really want to kind of move to something different, whether they're doing, they have single family home rentals and they want to get into multifamily or they've been wholesaling and they really want to start to do some flips or, you know, whatever that path looks like. But so many times we have some success or we're doing something here, but we really want to be here. So I'm curious, what was that for you? What, why, why, why did you pivot? What made you pivot? And, and then we'll get into a little bit of all the behind I, the scenes of the, the I, sexy I, buying apartment buildings. Yeah. 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 Um, the pivot occurred in 2012 and it was probably by necessity because what was happening on Long Island, there was a huge influx after 2008 of foreclosed homes 
So the pipeline was full and there was ample inventory. It started to dry up. And I, for me, not to say that other people have not scaled single family flipping, but for me, with what was happening in my demographic, the pipeline was drying up, the banks were, I got into the rehab business actually, and they started rehabbing and then putting on the market. And I just felt like I can't scale this business. I don't know how. And I started to look for an opportunity, didn't know it was multifamily yet, but I started to get online and, and look and see what was, what were the opportunities? What was being advertised online? What were the face group saying, anybody saying anything about anything having to do with real estate and a particular person popped up online for me who had a coaching platform on Long Island, uh, which is, was important for me. And he was talking about, so I got on a couple of webinars. He was talking, he started out on the same journey as me. So I connected with him. He started out um, buying and flipping singles and he was buying and holding singles. And then he transitioned into for the first time, what I heard, multifamily real estate. And so I just started hooking into webinars with him, learned more about it through his webinars, and then decided to join his education platform because I realized that was, that was what I needed to do to scale. And uh, so I jumped into a year-long coaching program with him to learn about multifamily. Never did coaching for the single family buy, rehab, sell. Um, didn't, didn't think I needed and I was able to navigate it. I understood though with multifamily, there was a lot more involved. I wanted to cut the learning curve. Uh, I knew what it was like going to school, you know, with uh, college and then three years of classroom learning uh, with, to get my law school degree. And I realized I wanted to, to learn faster. And for me, finding a mentor uh, who could teach me the ropes uh, was a was a way to learn this and cut my learning curve, uh, you know, exponentially. I cut it by going into this mentorship program. Absolutely, I think that this is one of the biggest questions that we get on our Facebook community. Should I get a mentor? Should I get a coach? Should I get somebody? And we always we're conscious about advising one way or another. I personally invested in it because, in my opinion. I know that I rather pay for my education than for my mistakes. And other people might have a different different approach. Right. But right. me, I know that I'm committed because if I invest X amount of dollars, my I need to get that back. Right. There's no other way around. So right. I'm 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 doing that. So what you're saying is that you pay for the, the mistakes that other people got, the, the education that you got, and that propelled you to be uh, where, where you're at right now. So when you, when you like look back, right, and you say, oh my gosh, I need to um, invest in this, this mentorship, how long do you think that you cut from your learning curve? Years. 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 Uh, yeah, I, how many years? I, I don't know. Uh, listen, this, this this is the example. I when people ask me this question, this is what I always go to. I spent three years in law school, full time, right? So that's five days a week. Three years, I spent seventy. Now, what people are paying now? I, I know if there's anyone who's in law school right now listening to me, they're like, "Wow, that was cheap." Um, <laughs> but it was a long time ago that I went to law school. But at the time, it was a lot of money. I spent seventy thousand dollars. Okay, seven zero for my three year JD degree. Then you have to study for that bar exam. 
I, I, you know, and the bar is a unique experience. You jam three years worth of learning into your head to take a two day exam. It's the most torturous experience. And then you walk out. And when, when, I, when I say this, I mean it, I walk out of the exam and everything kind of just, it was like a purge. And I was like a babe in the woods. I knew nothing. I remember when I got my job oh, God. day, it was like, I didn't, I couldn't draw on anything. I, it's like, I forgot everything I learned. So here I did spend three years in school at a, you know, at a high price, a price point. Mm -hmm. And I felt like day one of practicing law, I knew nothing. And how did I learn? It was on the job training. It was with the senior associates sure. and the partners that were now mentoring me through the process. So I feel like you're not that law school's a waste. I mean, obviously I'm exaggerating. I eventually things came back to me and I started drawing upon it, but the real learning came when I was in action yeah. doing the do with mentors like senior associates and partners. So I, I could not quantify it time-wise, but I cannot express deeply enough how much I feel your learning curve uh, is reduced when you have a mentor that is teaching you, holding your hand, is watching your back, you're learning from their mistakes. Not that you don't make mistakes. You will make mistakes. Yeah. It will happen that will be a surprise that your mentors never experienced. And or your mentor will, you know, give you feedback, which you will ignore. Some of us <laughs> some of us hear the feedback and will and, and we ignore it and we have to learn the lesson for ourselves anyway. Yeah. But yeah. you will still learn so much and you will avoid some major pitfalls by by having someone, some type of coach or mentor bring you through the process. Yeah, no question. And I think there's a lot of different shades of mentorship and coaching. So, you know, Andressa, like she mentioned, you know, did, did the course where it cost quite a bit and she was going to get that back. My husband and I never did something like that. Um, you know, did we make a lot of mistakes and did we, did we lose money? Yeah. Could we have kind of shortened our time? We had time on our side because we started in our twenties and we knew nothing and we thought we had all this time. You know, could we have shortened that? I'm, I'm sure. But I, I think the key is, is finding a mentor or finding a coach, but it comes in a lot of shades. So it doesn't just mean you have to spend 25 grand. You can spend that. And I'm not dismissing that at all. There's value to that for people, but there's other ways to do it. And I was suggesting it, just another idea. If you have a deal, you can pay a mentor on the back end. So if you don't want to give up that, that front cost, you can say, listen, I got, a, I got a 15 unit on the table or a 30 unit, and I will give you XYZ equity. You can give equity on the back end. That's another creative way to pay for quote unquote mentoring, but not upfront costs. Now, again, are they going to put you through the education that you got? Probably not the same way, right? There's other advantages to what you both went through. But I'm just I'm throwing that out there as uh, think about creative ways to get the support you need. It doesn't come into every, it's not one shade is my point. Mm -hmm. And not, you know, this is, you know, you, there's a lot of shades. So get creative. So you got this mentor, you got some great coaching, got some great education. What was your first multifamily deal? My first multifamily deal was a 20 unit in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. It was really, I call it a 20. It was a 40 unit, but 20 units were pretty much condemned. Wow. <laughs> wow. Believe that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a 40 unit, but actually there was 20 operating units and an additional 20 that needed some, it was a heavy lift. It was a very heavy lift. That so was Kristen, what, one thing that, you know, sometimes as Liz mentioned, like not, not every time it's just flowers and rainbows. 
and we don't talk about what it takes. And, and Liz always mentioned this, that the easiest part, quote unquote, easy part is to get the multifamily deal and the work starts with the managing and the construction and everything else. Yeah. So what are the things that people are not talking about that oh, people know? I love, I love, I love this topic. Uh, it's not sexy, but it's necessary to hear and having hindsight and a couple of years under my belt right now, I'm so happy to like give out this information right now for anyone that's ready to jump, jump in. Cause here's what you're not thinking about when you first start this business. And I always call this a business within a business because you have the business of finding your deals, getting the deals, running the deals. That's, that's your business. And then on top of that's like your sub business. And then you have the business of running your business. So I'm shop line equity, right? That's my business. And then within my business, I have my individual properties. You have to run two businesses at the same time. You have to run that, that deal, but also what are you doing to grow shop line equity? You know, what are you doing to get more deals and how are you handling that? How are you scaling? It's two businesses that you have to run simultaneously that I never thought about at all. Mm -hmm. I, I only thought about that individual, let's go get the property and run the property. So the first thing that I want to say is number one, think of it like that. Think of the fact that, you know, you have your, your company name and brand and business that you want to, you want to grow. And then you have the properties that you acquire within that. Okay. So there's two parallel paths you need to travel on at the same time. Most of us don't know enough to do that right away. And we just work on that micro business and we don't at all work on the macro until years later when you figure it out, which is something that, I, you know, it took me years to figure out about the macro. The other thing I'm going to say is to work on, to navigate those two paths at the same time, working your macro and your micro, you need systems, 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 mm -hmm. organization and systems, because to do those, to travel that two parallel so those two paths at the same time without having infrastructure and systems, at least starting to think about it and starting to implement as you move along in your journey without thinking about that, it becomes chaotic and overwhelming. And I went through all of that. I went through all of that chaos and feeling overwhelmed before I realized I needed to step back from both businesses, the macro and the micro and say, okay, I, you know, I'm doing this now. How long am I doing this? I started. So my first multifamily was 2013. So six years into this now, and we are only now six years later, starting to become extremely, extremely systematized. And we're still implementing. We're still out mm -hmm. there looking at different platforms and different, uh, you know, things that we need to put into our business. But I, would be in a very different place right now had I be had I been thinking these thoughts from the very beginning. Yeah. But we all travel the journey that we travel, right? I'm okay with the journey that I, that I traveled. I learned my lessons. I'm happy to impart this on other people now to cut their learning curve, by the way, so that they don't make the same mistake that I made. So, like specifically, Krista. So, when you look back, or even where you are in your business, when you you talk about systems and we you know we we talk about how important that is right so let's get like even more specific when it comes to managing your multifamilies 
what is one system that you've put in place, one process that let's, let's even call, cause it's defining the process, right? Whatever that process is, but then it's defining it. And then it's obviously, you know, creating, creating tools, apps, support to flourish that process. So what, what is one of those processes that you've defined that you've gotten very, um, you've documented and that you're moving towards really, you know, organizing, if you will. So what, what is something that most people don't think about when they buy that multifamily? And there's a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of processes in, and I know that because we also run large multis like you, Right. there's multiple processes, but what's one process that just most people that are going to get into multifamily just don't realize how important it is? I have, I have so many. So I'm going to just start from the get-go. You know what? So I'm going to start from something so small and ridiculous that people are going to say that's obvious, but I didn't do it. And so now having uh, a lot of uh, different properties, I, I, I literally only stepped back a couple of weeks ago and reorganized anything. Something very simple, guys. So you have to pick like your, uh, how are you storing your documents? We use Dropbox, Okay. Dropbox, you create folders, right? So I've gotten, you know, I've bought and sold quite a number of buildings at this point. So I have lots of different folders. And, you know, not just for the, the buys, I have different folders with respect to the different markets that I'm researching, right? So you have markets that you're researching. And then within those markets, you may have potential deals. So you have folders for the potential deals, right? And then within the potential deals, you'll get document flow. So you have to put them in folders. I stepped back a couple of weeks ago. I don't even know where I found the time. I think this was like a night I couldn't sleep. So I almost spent all night doing this. I stepped back and I looked at my Dropbox folder and I thought, my God, no wonder I feel so overwhelmed. <laughs> I had no uniformity whatsoever in how I set up my folders. Mm. So in other words, let's just pick the deal. For every deal that I had, you know, uh, I have Brickhaven, I have Chelsea, I have Willow Creek, I have Northern Pines. Within that folder, the way I set up my folders, it was different every time. So every time I navigated between a deal, like I was in Chelsea and I'm going, okay, so where, where did I put that document? Oh, okay, oh, it's here. That same document I would look for in my Willow Creek deal, it was in a different folder with a completely different name. I had no thought process at all or system in organizing document flow. Mm. This is so simple, guys. It um, is. Six years, I just figured it out. Right. Uh, so I was constantly wasting time because I'm like, where's that document in this folder? Where's that document in this folder? Uh, what I did is so simple. I, I, I made a test folder and I called it test folder. And I, I created a folder for every possible you know, subject matter. At, mm -hmm. at this point, six years in, I know what documents are flowing in. I know the type of folders I need. I created every folder I, I thought would be possible with the appropriate name, a very obvious name. So I'd know where the document is in that folder. Maybe subfolders need to be set up. I knew the subfolders. Again, you name it with an obvious name. So you know where that document will be. That is now my folder that I go to to set up every time I'm setting up a new file. The, the reason I was up all night is I had to now reorganize <laughs> all my messy folders into that test folder format. So now I have complete consistency. Every time I go to a folder, I know where I need to go mm -hmm. to find the document and or drop the document. How simple, right? But it yeah, is. I can do it. 
But I'll it's kind of like a mental organization too, right? Because then you're, you can sleep thinking if something happens, people are going to find the... the right. Filters. If something happens to me, where does my partner know to go to find that document? I, it really, guys, it's so simple and basic, but I guarantee you if we polled a thousand people, 995 you know, aren't thinking about this level of organization or system as it's something so as so minor as where am I setting up my research folders for the different markets? How am I setting up my deal folders when the deals start flowing in? Yeah. Real simple stuff, but do it from the get-go. It will make life easier because what I've, I've realized is I've always been a hard worker and I will always continue to work hard. But what's happened over the last six years in retrospect is I wasn't work. I always work hard. I always will, but I was not working efficiently. You yeah. You to learn how to work efficiently to maximize yourself and the people that you work with, right? So something as simple as, you know, systemizing your folders system, you know, something with respect to syndication I'm going to go into. So another item I want people to get systemized right away with is the, you know, here's the, the very unsexy part of, of, uh, of syndication guys, but it's, it's really, really important. It's probably one of the most important things you're going to do when you syndicate and it's manage and set up your processes, processes for your communications with your investors because they are your lifeline, the lifeblood of your business if you're going to be a syndicator, right? So get organized from the beginning and, and set up systems from the beginning because what you want to do is an ex establish a client experience, okay? The client experience cannot just be about what are their ultimate returns? Yes. Has, uh, hashtag amen to that. Amen, yeah. right? They now can get that anywhere. Yeah. And it's important, you know, I mean, you, you, you make certain projections and certainly you, 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 you know, you, you live and breathe and work towards hitting those target projections for your clients. But the client experience is from the moment you reach out to them to the moment you give them their final return. And despite a really great final return, if they have a bad client experience, you do risk the you do risk the chance of losing them. And being a passive investor myself in other people's deals, I will tell you that there's someone out there that has lost me as a client and someone else as a client, not because of the returns, because the returns were beyond their projections. They were wonderful. The client experience, though, was, was so, you know, I don't want to use the word bad, but it was... It was not good because of the lack of systems, the lack of reporting, the lack of transparency that both me and another uh, colleague that invested in this deal talked about the fact that we would not be investing again with that particular operator. Yeah. Wow. So they lost us, even though the returns were, were good at the end of the day. Yep. So, you know, managing, there's, you know, so much to go into granularity wise, and I'll go into it if you want with respect to managing the paperwork and your reporting with your, with your clients. But, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, make that a priority in the beginning of your business. Uh, systemize how you deliver documents to them. Hmm. You know, the simple process of, of getting the operating agreement to them, the subscription agreement to them, how they sign it, how they get it back to you. There's platforms you can use, sign now, dot, you know, uh, Liz, we've, we've gone into discussions yeah. about this offline about yep. the, the, pro the 
the process you need to manage with respect to the document flow between a client who eventually agrees to invest um, up through close is a very uh, overwhelming, it's an overwhelming process. So if you have systems in place from the beginning, it will help you manage that process. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so much you're saying, <laughs> Krista, like you saying that you don't, you weren't having a document flow. I'm still working on that. And I've been at this a lot I, longer, you know, I mean, I'm just as like Miss, you know, Miss, Miss, <laughs> Miss Amazing at this, that she's a little better than me on this. But I think, I think what you're saying is so valuable because we think we should be spending so much time in other areas, but really when it comes down to it is this, you want to learn how to scale. You want to learn how to build your business and buy more property get these things right. That right. Chris in the saying. beginning. Yes. In the beginning. In the like, very beginning. This is the important stuff. What's going to happen to you. And it happened to me without these systems in place. Um, you, if you're managing two deals, it, it, it'll be the most you can do. It will be yep. very hard to scale and get that third deal and do everything that you need to do. If you've got chaos going on with yeah. the deals, you know, and we Absolutely. all want to have as many, you know, as many deals as we can possibly handle. I'm sure most people are hoping to do more than two and, you know, at the same time or in their lifetime in their business, you got to have these systems in place, you know. Yep. Absolutely. And then have a system for, you know, it's managing the investor, but I, I, a big thing that I'm working on is as well, like the, the prospecting stage, right? So mm -hmm. how do you, how do yeah. you ensure you're on the same page? Cause not every passive investor is a good fit for us. I'm sure the same for you, Krista, and, and you want to meet each other's needs, right? You want to meet their goals and you want to also have a good fit. So I've been really working on that. And then, you know, all the different elements, but you, um, you gotta, you gotta write this stuff down and start really getting it, getting it. Um, it's like, it's like, it's like a ship, right? If you don't have the, not the ship, but it, it, you don't have the base of something taken care of. It, it just falls apart. I guess that's a house. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like working on four hours of sleep. I'm like, it's something that will sink if you don't figure <laughs> no, it out. No, I think it's a ship because <laughs> okay. you gotta have other <laughs> like people. I'm like, yeah, it's a house. house. It's yeah. something. <laughs> Thing. It's going to collapse on you. you. But I think what you're saying, Chris, is so important. And, and people out there who are giving these presentations on multifamily and syndication are just not talking about this stuff. Yeah. They just aren't. And, and you know why? Because it's not the most exciting, quite honestly. It's not, honestly. Sexy. It's, not sexy. You, it's not, the, it's not even the fun, you know, there's the, you know, this is not the fun part. No, obviously. but um, it's the most important part. I mean, and if you, yeah, but the I mean, work behind the scenes, the work, yeah, like, yeah. what do we talk about? Pulling the curtain, you know, let's, let's pull the curtain open and let's talk about, let's dig into what it really takes to run the macro business, the micro business. No, it's not the sexy part. It's not the fun part, you know, going out there networking and underwriting and talking with the brokers and visiting the properties. Mm. Plenty of people are talking about that all day long, which is great. They need to. But you do all of that, you land your first deal, then what? You know, then yep. you're in front of your computer going, what do I do now? You know, yep. how do exactly. I Exactly. And I, you're singing to the choir. It's exactly where we are as well. And, uh, you know, and hey, guys, I, if you're not good at it, find somebody that is. Yeah. To align yourself with, to help you in this regard. So that's another piece early on I'm going to recommend to people. Not to say that there's not lone soldiers out there that are building businesses completely by themselves. God bless them. I know that I couldn't do it because I realized early on, I'm not, I'm not well-skilled in every facet of this business. Where am I weak? Mm -hmm. And, 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 uh, you know, I'm very weak. I'm getting better at it. 
Um, but I was, and being a lawyer, any lawyers listening will understand this. Lawyers are dinosaurs. The whole business is still, the whole industry still is like works off of hard paper and, you know, <laughs> online stuff. And they're, just, they're very behind the time. They're back in the, the early 19th century. Uh, still, I'm not good at tech. Yeah. And believe me, when I realized that I wanted to, one of the, one of the things that I made a decision to do early on, um, I actually navigated through quite a number of relationships and partnerships before I landed uh, my current partner, who will be my forever partner, Christopher Jackson uh, at Sharpline Equity. Uh, you know, the person that I cho chose needed to fill in right the gap. And he is a highly, highly, highly technical person. His background is tech, as a matter mm. of fact. That was critical for me because I did know that in building or choosing platforms and systems that, you know, not to say I don't want to uh, put out there that everything is going to instantaneously be in front of you and you're just going to choose and it's going to be implemented immediately. This is all takes time to roll out the different things. Also, you'll evolve, you'll use a system and realize it doesn't suit your needs and you'll roll into something else. The idea is just always be thinking about it and improving upon your systems. He was, he was very important to me in growing my business because he, he fills that role um, so well, right? So yeah. well for me. What I'll do in the uh, show notes for, for the women that are, are looking to scale into multis in terms of like apartment syndication and, and, they, and they may have a group of investors and they're like, you know, we got to start thinking about some sort of organization. I mean, we use Podio to organize our investors, but we're moving towards, I know, Kristen, you and I have talked about yes. other portals that actually will help you with the reporting yes. for the investors. And also they can update their information. They can get information on the different funds that are happening. That's the stuff you have to think about when you start to get to you, you give a group of investors yes. and you're bringing 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 um you know investors in so i'll put it in the show notes a few that we're we're all you know both chris and i have looked at but i know you're moving towards one uh, update capital so am i you yes. know and um and it's just a really great portal for, for these kinds of things so we'll put that in the show notes for women who are just curious because that becomes really important when you start to have a, a decent amount of investors that are in your your, in your circle world. right um Krista, your wealth information. I love, I just love that like what you stand for is really being transparent and honest around the stuff that really matters. I mean, you know, when people said like, what's the first thing you need to know about apartment syndication? Most, most of those, you know, people out there uh, are going to say so many other things, but really organizing your business is the most important part <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, to, to do everything it, else. Yeah. It's like nothing. the foundation. It's, it's like what you were talking oh. about, both the house, you know, yeah. build a good foundation now, you know, and, and then, you know, your house will, 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 will be a solid house as you begin to build it. But love it. Got that foundation. Yeah. There's, there's going to be cracks that you're now going to yeah. have to go back. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Events, I, right? we, and we can both tell you, we both have, Lots of units that we're that managing we and yes. this is critical. Absolutely yes. critical. So, um, Krista, you have probably a wealth of information. We need to have you back on the show um, because there's like part two and part three that we, we need to go four. over. Yep. But, um, you know, you know, what, where can the ladies listening learn more about your, your wonderful business and, and, and learn more about what you guys are up to in your, in your projects? Uh, two, two different places. So our uh, company, you can reach us through www.sharplineequity.com. My email is Krista, K-R-I-S-T-A at sharplineequity.com. You can also re research a Facebook group 
called Multifamily Apartment Investing Unveiled. If you use those words, you can join our Facebook group. So you can tell from the title, Multifamily Invest Apartment Investing Unveiled, that unveiled piece is the, the love it. to what we like to talk about. And yeah. that's, you know, love it. this kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That we put out there and 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 you can you know share your experiences and or learn from other people that are sharing in the group awesome and all this information including the links you guys can find on our show notes now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions and the first one krista is what's the most transformational book you have ever read i have two can I say two? Yeah. <laughs> the business book, most transformational that I ever read was The Go-Giver. Mm. The most trans transformational book, though, overall, that I have only dived into, I would say, within the last five years that I've not gotten through it, but it is, the, it, it is like my guide in life as well as in business and in everything that I do, is the Bible. I actually really rely on scripture to help guide me in my personal life as well as my business life for those people that read the bible uh if there really is application to your real life by reading scripture so i admittedly have only started digging in for the last five years but um that has been that's my go-to book for life in general awesome what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life that is such a loaded question because I'm going to be really honest and transparent. Sure. Go ahead. To the extent that I will tell you that I don't think I've, it is a goal, obviously, to achieve a well-balanced life. Us as women, we clearly are juggling the, you know, not to say that men or our husbands or, or, or other men in our life are not supporting us. And maybe they're taking the lead in certain things. But putting it out there in general, we've got our household, our relationship, uh, for those of us who have children, now we're trying to manage businesses, throw that in the mix. There's a lot, right? So it, balance is one of the reasons that I wanted to be an entrepreneur because I felt like I can dictate and mm -hmm. control whether or not there will be balance. I, um, and that is, that is true. Have I achieved it? No. Am I working towards it? Yes. You know, so I'm, I'm trying to do things now. My kids are older. One's in college. One is later in high school. Uh, so admittedly, I have, I'm not going to say less going on, but they're less demanding of my time right now because they have their own lives that they're developing since my kids are older. So with that area of leaving to a certain extent, I am, you know, working on where do I need balance in my life, balance with my husband and what am I doing to achieve that balance. We've committed to a date night religiously Friday nights is our date night come higher hell water, unless for some reason I'm traveling, which I tend try not to for, for Fridays, but sometimes it's unavoidable. Uh, relationships in general, I've committed to a monthly bowling night with uh, a group of my friends that, you know, are important to me that I mm -hmm. want to have my relationship with and I don't yeah. want them to take over. My answer to that is I am taking steps towards achieving balance. I haven't achieved it yet. Does anyone ever achieve true balance? I don't Didn't know. meet her yet. <laughs> when, when you find that person, get them on the show. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to find it. I think one of the best things that, that I could say is 
keep that in mind and do actually, uh, and Tracy, you said it, it's like one thing at a time. Yeah. Do, do something once a day, have a goal or, or set, set something once a day that you work towards in helping you achieve that life balance that we all want, you know? Absolutely. I think it's about the journey, right? It's a journey. It's It's a a journey. journey. And the last question is, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Um, Not a famous woman, I have to tell you, but she's absolutely inspired me the most. God rest her soul. It's my mom. She was uh, someone who back in the day in her generation uh, was not, uh, there's not a lot of working moms out there. Uh, you know, again, for her age mm-hmm. group. And she, I felt like she was almost a pioneer amongst my world and the network. She was the only working mom I knew. And, uh, you know, again, she did that that journey of balancing and being there as a mom and a wife and running the household. And she built up a tremendous real estate career, coincidentally. Wow. She was a real estate agent, residential real estate agent. And, uh, you know, for the moms out there, you guys know this, your kids are watching you, right? Your kids are watching you, whether you realize it or not. And uh, they're learning things from you subconsciously, consciously. So, you know, keep, always, always keep that in mind uh, that they're watching you. Absolutely. That's amazing. That's really good advice. I'm like, yep, they're watching me when I'm not being the best version of myself, but <laughs> that is okay, right? We have to be kind to ourselves. We have to be kind to ourselves uh, <laughs> and then just go back and try to fix up the mess that they just witnessed. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's we we all make them. The mess, yeah. yeah. Krista, thank you so much for um, being on our show. Thank you for sharing yourself with the ladies listening. And, and, and most importantly, really are just so refreshing to talk to people who are being real and transparent when it comes to, uh, especially the multifamily space, because it's such a sexy, hot area that, you know, people aren't really talking about these kinds of things as much as they should. So just really hats off to really appreciate, you know, you being here and all the great insight you shared today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And yes, please, let's do this again. I love, I love talking with you ladies. This is absolutely. And thank you for the community that you're establishing because I think it is amazing. And I thank you for your foresight in, in establishing this and, and, and getting the word out and spreading it. Thank you for being part of it. Yeah, it's just because of you guys that are really committed to being part of it and share your your knowledge with all the ladies that we're able to fulfill the mission that we have. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.